Hello and welcome everyone back to the Bitchipedia podcast. Today I want to talk to you guys about an outline that I did for a po- another podcast. I was invited to come on a podcast, the Bright Beam Collective podcast. And the host, Lindsay, she messaged me via uh, TikTok, told me that she was interested in having me on. And we kind of discussed what would what we would talk about specifically because I told her you have to give me a small range because I will just go, we'll talk for hours, you know? So I did go on the podcast and I'm going to be sharing that episode on here as well um, because we did kind of a simulcast situation, but, and we had a lot of good topics on there too, but we of course covered so many things. We didn't necessarily get to all of the things that I had written down for notes because, you know, we were doing it for both podcasts. So I had questions ready for her. And I told her by the end of it, she had interviewed me and asked me a lot of questions, but I felt like I didn't get my chance at her to ask her all of these questions. So I told her we would have another day that, you know, we came on and I interviewed her. But I was really excited about the content that I wrote down for our interview, the thing that we had talked about in the little prelim interview. And it was about basically the messiness of the process and how maybe when you're first starting out, you don't have an exact direction to go and how that's okay. And one of the big lessons that I kept receiving was like you to one, embrace the mess, but also don't shame yourself for being in limbo. And that was a big thing for me was I was kind of stuck in between, you know, this quote old life that I had and me making the old decisions that I used to make And then I started making different decisions. So my life started taking a different direction. And the shock of that can be really scary. And we can often divert back to that old self and those old patterns, basically. But this time, I kind of switched gears and was like, I don't know going forward, but I know that it's not that, you know, (laughs) like, I don't know specifically what I want, but I do know what I don't want. And that would be all of the stuff that I've was putting behind myself, whether that be limiting beliefs or self-sabotage, any of those things. So I, we talked, when I spoke with Lindsay, we talked about basically the idea of casting a wide net. And it's something that I shamed myself for in the earlier stages of my creativity, because I didn't know specifically what I wanted to do, but I was kind of just following that joy And also following my fear, (laughs) you know, like the, what was equally part, what was equal part scary and scratched the itch of my soul for a lack of a better term, like what really made me feel fulfilled and I was ready and prepared and excited to move through fear for this thing. You know, what was I able to what the risk outweighed the reward with a lot of things before. So I decided, you know, what is the thing? What is that reward that I want that I'm willing to go through anything for? And I kind of just chased that. So in the beginning, I knew that I wanted to create, but it came out of me in a lot of different ways. So whether that be painting or podcasting or yoga or, you know, and I shamed myself again because I felt like I was directionless. But realistically, I was just trying new things. Really, for the first time in my life, I was trying new things. And I was experimenting with things because I wanted something different, but I didn't know what that different thing was. 
And I did in the beginning shame myself because it felt like I kept trying something and quitting it. And, you know, one of the beliefs in my growing up in my family, we're not quitters. You don't quit. I remember the first time I quit something um, and it was due to an injury, but I still shamed myself a lot about that, you know, and I still see those patterns today of like you're, I wouldn't see it as like, I tried something and I didn't like it. So I didn't keep going. I would see it as like, you tried something and then you quit, you gave up on it when that wasn't the case, but that was the limiting belief that kept coming up. But if you're casting a wide net, let's use the mind as an example. So Joe Dispenza, I've talked about him on the podcast before, but he talks about reprogramming your subconscious and how the more neural pathways you can light up, the better. So the more, think about it, if you are, if we're going from point A, which is where we are right now, to point B, some location, if there are seven ways to get there, then you're not going to be affected if there's a block on one road, right? Versus if there is only one way to get there, there's only one road in and one road out. If that's blocked, you're fucked. So the more routes you have available to you, the better. So think about it that way that you're making more neural connections. Or even this example, if you were trying to get, let's say we're doing an experiment and I told you I could get your targeted ads on your computer to pop up and suggest yoga, whatever for you, yoga clothes or yoga mats or something, yoga merchandise to pop up on your ads. How would I need to do that? I would have to go on your computer and in as many ways as possible, I would need to search things that were yoga related. I would watch yoga videos. I would sign up on yoga emails. I would do all these things basically to convince your computer Yoga is important to me. Do you see? I'm focusing on it. Yoga, yoga, yoga. And it keeps picking up on all these things. Like, okay, well, she looks at yoga a lot. So here, and that's law of attraction, right? If you treat your life like an algorithm, it's going to be the same thing as if you're on your computer, you search a bunch of yoga related themes. Soon your ads are going to reflect that. You've seen it before. And, you know, when you're car shopping, all of your ads start coming up as cars. It's not a coincidence. It's law of attraction. And it's the idea of these algorithms play out in the same way on a computer as they do in real life. So it makes sense that if you are trying to attract something into your life, you would want to do as many different variations of that thing that you're trying to attract. So if mine was art, I want to create. Painting is not a bad thing because that's me telling the universe I like art. This is through paint, but I like art. And then when I go to, I don't know, make a video, a TikTok, but it's a skit. That's also art. That's filmmaking, right? Or joke telling or storytelling. Whatever it is, it's all a different version of the same thing, right? So reminding myself that it's going to be messy and you kind of have to start wide and then hone in. So think of it as if you were carving something out of marble. You're not adding to it you're chipping away from. So if we start with this big marble rock, this big marble slab, we're not, we wouldn't shame ourselves for chiseling away all the parts we don't need, right? Because the end goal is we're trying to carve a sculpture of a man. So we have to get rid of the parts that are not in the man's form, right? The excess. So if we can begin to shave those things away, we kind of narrow down, especially if you think of it as a spider web, we have to go from the outside. We're out very wide and it's like, oh, well, yoga teaching and this and that and that. And then when you take all of those things 
with time and bring them to the center, you can find that perfect, specific niche job or career or passion or hobby or whatever it is that you're looking for and trying to manifest. You can find that specific thing after you shave away some of the excess and things will also morph. They're going to evolve. That was something that I was afraid of was, and it was because I was putting this sort of perfectionism on it is that if I was going to write a script, I needed to make it perfect. And it's like, no, it is not going to start out that way. You, when I watched a masterclass from the, it was the brothers who wrote Stranger Things. They were talking about this, um, it's this process that they use and they call it blue skying. And it's basically where they sit down and they just brainstorm and they put everything, think of it like word vomit. You put every idea you have and it's just getting it out from your brain into the physical realm. And once you spew it out, don't guilt yourself for there being too much because it's probably going to start out as too much. And then you refine it over time. That's just the process. That's a process of art and that's a process to use with life. So being open to the idea that it is going to evolve and it's going to change. Um, I have the example of, I have this jar of words with, it's just one word on each little tiny piece of paper and I have them folded up and they're in the jar And I would use it to set intentions. And I recommend this to anyone, by the way. It was fantastic. But the words would say, you know, glow or grounded or ease or, I don't know, step. It could be anything. So I would draw at the beginning of the morning. I would pull out a piece of paper, look at the word, and set my intention for the day with that thing. So if it were, let's say, glow. That's one of my favorite ones, honestly. And I would take it out and it's like, okay, if the intention of the day today is to glow, what do I need to put forth? I might wear brighter clothes. That's something that I do. I definitely use my clothes to set the intention. So thinking about it like a movie, like a movie set, and you have to have wardrobe for the day. Think about what vibe am I going for? What mood am I going for today? And if it's glow, then you focus on all those things. And then your day, because when you set those intentions, your day starts building around that. You're attracting those things. And every time I would have, like there's one of the cards that said radiant. And at the beginning of the morning, I focus on that. How does it make me feel? What does it make me think of? Channel that energy, set the intentions for the day. And then when I walk out, I would be at work or whatever it is. I would walk by someone and my friends would say, I don't know what it is about you today, but you are just radiating. You are just radiant. And it would always happen to the point where you, I was worried initially that I was kind of cutting myself off by like not allowing the natural flow of what the day was supposed to look like. That's what I felt like. But honestly, we are the co-creators of our life. We're the ones who should set the tone for our day. So I found that I had more, um, expansion and more success and abundance and happiness and joy on those days because I decided at the beginning of the day what my day was going to look like and when you set the intentions when you're intentional with your life I promise it changes everything so not guilting yourself for um, being open to things changing because the rest of the story is that when I started with that jar that's how, that was my intention but what it evolved to one day I had been asking the universe you know give me something I need some sort of direction for what I need to do and it hit me like a bolt of lightning and I ran to my room I grabbed that jar and I dumped them all out on my bed 
And there was probably, I don't know, 70 to 100 of them. And they're just all over the bed. And I took them and collected 30 of my favorites. And I put them out on a PowerPoint so I could do, you know, a word of the day with a meditation and a journal prompt and all these things. And it's evolving now into a life course. And those notes, those um, little pieces of paper that I wrote with the intentions, that initially started because I was going to do them with my yoga class. And I was going to have the theme, you know, if it was ground, I was going to position, do positions around grounding and have the Shavasana or the meditation at the end of the class. I was going to talk about, you know, how does grounding make you feel and prompts for grounding, things like that. So even it evolved further (laughs) one step at a time, right? And I just kept reusing it and recycling it, which is beautiful. I love, I love to be able to use one thing in seven different expressions, because it's also a huge saver of energy. So when I took them, I compiled them into a life course. And that's the one I haven't finished yet. I finished my other um, manifestation course. But this is going to be something different. But I tell that story to say that when I started, I was not thinking, I'll be making this life coaching course. And, you know, and and you allow yourself to kind of let things sit and simmer. Think about it. If you're cooking Thanksgiving meal, and if you've never done it, God bless you because (laughs) it's a lot of stress, right? If you have done, maybe I should say if you have done it, God bless. But you know, when you've got a hundred things cooking and some of it has to be cold, some of it has to be hot, they all cook at different temperatures at different times. You have to be very aware of what's going on and keeping an eye on whatever's more important right now. So you want to make sure that you're not burning anything. So the thing that's at the highest heat, that's the one you're going to have to pay the most attention to. The stuff that's on the back burner you don't have to worry about as much, right? So I will have those. I was talking about this on the podcast with Lindsay that I used to um, shame myself for having, sorry, I had to let my cat in. I used to shame myself for having, you know, quote, 10 tabs open, things like that. You know, I've got all these open tabs in my brain. I've got all these projects that are not complete yet. And I would shame myself for that until I realized that It actually helps because if I'm in the middle of working on a life coaching course and then I get stuck on that, I like to have something else that I can work on, be it a painting or a podcast outline, whatever it is, I'll have something that's like, my brain needs a break from this. I need to jump over to this. And that's again, like neurodivergent brains. They work best that way. So especially if you're ADHD, autistic, any neurodivergent thinking that makes it easier to kind of jump back and forth. Once I start uh, stopped fighting against that and started working with that energy and embracing that, like, it's okay that you have 10 tabs open because your brain works this way. It works best this way. And I tried it. I tried the method to use all the open tabs and work with all the open tabs and know what's the most important and focus on that. But also leaving stuff unfinished became okay. In the sense that I was going to get back to it. And because I because I self-sabotaged a lot in the past, that made me really nervous. Because it felt like this, you know, it's like a project you haven't finished. But you kind of have to be okay with that. You kind of have to be okay with the holdup. So one of the places that I got to was when you get stuck, what are you supposed to do when you've done everything that you can and you feel like you're spinning your wheels and not making any progress? I saw this video and I wish I could remember who originally said it, but he said, when you get lost in the forest, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees. Just stop, be where you are and let the forest find you. 
which I thought was so beautiful because it's like the force always knows you're in the middle of it. Of course it knows. Of course it's aware of you. Same with the universe, right? We take actionable steps forward. We do as much as we can. I'm not saying just sit around and not do anything, but there there does come a point when you've done all that you can and you have to stop until you can get further directions. You have to stop and be where you are and let the forest find you. And that's okay too. Sometimes there are going to be times when no matter how wide of a net you cast, it's hard to bring it to the center. And, you know, sometimes outside circumstances change and your plan has to, you know, you have to adapt, you have to reroute and that's okay. So again, not shaming yourself for being in that limbo stage is a huge lesson for me. And then I felt, I feel like as soon as I recognize that of like, it's okay, you've got, you know, what writer's block is what it's normally known as, you know, you, you're blocked. You don't know how to move forward. Once I allow myself to be in that point, that's when things shift. And it's like, okay, well now I've got something, you know, some other hit of inspiration comes in and I get moving again, especially if I have other projects to work on, you know, but there are, like I said, even if you have 10 tabs open, sometimes you get to a point where it's like, I don't know what else to do. And that's that let go and let God moment, right? That moment where you have to tell the universe, I surrender because I have done as much as I can. And now to make any progress forward for myself, I would have to be able to be in control of the universe. And because I'm not, I have to take a step back and say, okay, there is nothing that can be done on my end. I just have to trust the universe to work it all out and handle it, take care of it. So remember that just because something starts out one way doesn't mean that it's going to end up as the idea that you thought it was right? The pieces of paper that I thought were going to be yoga class themes, I never imagined that they would be a 30-day series and a life coaching course. And then the story that I started writing that were just journal entries, I never imagined that they would become, you know, scenes in a script. And you have to allow life to build off of itself And not be upset when you're only now placing the beams in your house. You know, when you're building the house, don't be mad that you have to start with the beams. And then, you know, maybe it rains and you have to stop work for a day. And you're like, where are the fucking windows? I can't have a house without windows. (laughs) Not worrying that it's not going to come because it will. And that happens for me usually, and I'm sure it's you guys too, but usually when you start to lose faith of... Things are not looking the way I think they should be looking. I'm getting really nervous. (laughs) And instead of that, allowing yourself to say, "This this is an interesting building block. You know, this is an interesting first step. I'm excited and curious to see where it goes next. And just leaving that room for the universe to step in, for the forest to find you, to shift from the seeking and the doing and turn that energy from outward to inward to attracting and to allowing. And it's much easier said than done. (laughs) But if you can just find a system that works for you and keep trying new systems until you do find something that works for you, right? Find the ideal schedule that works for you. And if you Try something, you know, say TikTok lives. I, that's one thing, for example, that I'm working on right now as far as a, as far as a system. I don't know whether it's going to be morning or afternoon or nighttime, but 
I have to try all of those things to see what feels good. So I did one at, you know, I don't know, one o'clock the other day. And I was like, ah, it's fine. I don't know that it's my necessarily my best energy to bring just like podcasts, you know, my sometimes mornings are best and it's not always going to be that way. Again, you have to be open to you know, change and adapting to the change because it's not always going to be a perfect schedule, but start out by just trying new things and then be like, yeah, I don't like that. How would you know? It's like trying something like trying new food. You never know. And then rather than trying the new food or trying the new system and the schedule, just like if you were trying a new food, when you ate it, if you said like, oh, I don't like that, just don't order it again. As opposed to being like, I hated that. I hated that. And I don't ever want to eat it again. And just flying off the handle with the drama of like, no, I can't have it again. Like, okay, so then just don't order it again. <laughs> it's the same with our minds and when our with our systems. Rather than me being like, well, I had a really shitty recording earlier because I tried to record at nighttime and I never do it at nighttime. And then just guilting yourself to be like, okay, well, then next time I won't do it at nighttime. Right? Progress, not perfection. Progress, not perfection. Any step forward, even if you have to redirect, any step forward is not in the wrong direction. You have to take aligned actions, obviously. And ask yourself, is this serving me? But if you're, if you answer yes to those questions and you move forward, but it, you know, you take one step forward and then get turned around, then don't shame yourself. Any step forward is a good step forward. And don't shame yourself if you're taking action and it doesn't necessarily lead to the place that you want to go. Because just because it's not paying off right now, it might pay off later and in a completely different way than you ever imagined. So that is the thing that I want to tell y'all. Allow the system to be messy. Allow the process to be messy. Allow it to be open-ended and a work in progress. And even taking it a step further, allow your work in progress to be seen by others. That was a hard one for me is leaving these open-ended things was difficult enough, but to have them perceived by someone else, to not have everything be perfect and finished and, you know, wrapped up and sealed with a bow, to not have all of those things before I could show it to someone was very difficult for me. And once I started allowing myself to let people see the unfinished work, of course it was difficult because that's very vulnerable right? But I realized that it wasn't as difficult as I thought it was. And that fear came from the fear of rejection, the fear that what I was presenting wasn't good enough. And once I started allowing people to see my work in progress, it was all very kind and supportive energy. And it kind of it kind of brought me out of my shell to say, you know, it is okay to let people see unfinished work. It is okay to let them in <laughs> and to let them in on that messy process and allow people to see you in your messiness. So I hope that helped. I hope that resonates. I know this was a little shorter, but I just wanted to pop in and say that. And then you can expect that Lindsay Blacker interview. You can go follow her on TikTok as well. Um, the Bright Beam Collective. And she's fantastic. So I'll put all of her stuff on here when she sends me the the recording, the show audio. Um, but I thank you guys so much for joining me and I hope y'all have a fantastic week. Bye.